Welcome to Sparks and Recreation, your source for info on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. Part of the Realms Rising Network. Heroes of the Realms, welcome back to your favorite buy slash try question mark weekly podcast, Sparks and Recreation. I'm your host, Matthew Jigmalinkba Rooks, welcoming you to episode 29. That's right, the big two nine of our podcast. We have a wonderful um, set lined up for you today. I'm joined with the full crew today, guys. Uh, my left-hand man, Tim Agency McKenzie, the um, serpentine staff to my cutlass. I went opposite there. I gave you the wizard. And I made myself the fighter. Yeah, it's not the cutlass anymore either. Swashbuckler. Well, Swashbuckler. Well, for for the next few hours, anyways, it's still a cutlass. Yes. As of okay. when we're recording this, I can still play the cutlass. But anyway, how are we doing today, my friend? I am doing good. I'm uh, glad to be here and recording again after missing last episode, first one I missed. So I was really bummed about that, but yeah. glad to be here tonight. We limped a, we limped along without you. We, we you guys did B great. Team, I listened. The B team came through and, and we, and we threw something <laughs> I listened. Out. It was it was really good. So thank you. Nice. Um, up next we have Sam Sackforce Parsons, aka Scrap Force, aka. Sammy, what how, is up? How are we doing today, bud? Uh, we're doing all right. I had an interesting day with Mr. Dubs. We <laughs> went on the Wise Wizard Games live stream, and that was super fun. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm here for an interview on time, not forgetting. Uh, how could I with you, Larry? I'm so excited. Did I give it away? Oh. You gave it away. All right, so you screwed up the order. Now, Chris, we're going to have to push it to the end you here. You always right? do this, Sam. Sammy mentioned oh. a very oh, special wildcard. guest. Wildcard. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Oh, no. You like to do it. You're, you're a chaos generator, my friend. And uh, it doesn't take you long into the podcast to do it. Uh, we welcome Larry Legend, Horgel, uh, Larry Bagucki. I hope I'm getting that right, Larry, your last name. If not. You did. You did. All right. See, that linguistics training comes in handy every once in a while, boys. <laughs> Solid. Um, Larry, it's great to have you joining us today. Uh, thanks for coming on. Holla at your boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hitting the ground running. Larry is coming in hot. All right. Good to, good to see. Great to have you here, bud. And uh, last but not least, we have um, the one, the only, the diamond one, the two-handed solo streamer extraordinaire. <laughs> himself <laughs> double dubs chris Spalberg. how are we doing today bud i'm on a roll it's time to go solo hey 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 i am doing awesome man it has been uh we're in the midst of a hero realms content marathon for me we're looking at like seven hours of hero realms content in like a 24-hour period but we are uh hitting it hard passionate about the game Let's let's roll, baby. Let's do this. I'm excited to have Larry on today. I can't wait to chat with you, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Yeah, Chris, we have is that a... affecting your uh, work life there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, comment. So like... <laughs> no comment. 
Uh, yeah, no, leave no evidence. Leave yeah, no nothing evidence. official on the record <laughs> regarding my work as far as that goes. Uh, Don't go uh, missing for two hours. That's my advice. I just want to say to fill in the listeners, we're recording this on April 18th, the same day that Wise Wizard uh, had their uh, Twitch cast. Uh, what, what's it called, guys? Uh, Wizard Stream. Stream. Wizards yeah, Weekly. Weekly. Yeah, even though yep. it's not weekly. Uh, yep. And the boys were uh, sitting in on that stream when some fairly big news hit. Or I mean, we have some new uh, stuff to talk about, and we'll be talking about that later, later in the show for sure. So we've got a ton of stuff to get through today, guys. Uh, but first, I just want to welcome everybody back to the show. Thank you. Any new listeners that are joining the podcast, we are so happy to have you join aboard. We hope you find some useful information about this game we all love. Uh, and a nice introdu- introduction to the community that surrounds it as well. Um, Timmy, do you have any comments uh, to give before we jump into things here? I just want to say thank you to all the uh, Patreon uh, subscribers for us. Um, we really appreciate uh, what you guys do and that you help us make all of this stuff possible and help cover the server costs and all that sort of stuff that we have. So it's definitely very much appreciated. Here, here. Thank you. Um, up next, Sam, do you have any hero helper updates or user stats? We don't have to go into too much detail here or any uh, updates on what you've been working on? By the look on your face, not uh, much. Not a lot. I've <laughs> um, been focusing most of my uh, hero realms time on doing some interesting stuff. I would do have a one quick update that I discovered in researching with uh, Mr. Double Dubs about our stream today. It's not going to take a long time to get that uh, alchemist and barbarian data into the all classes build data. So that like all aggregate section um, should get updated soon, but definitely the next time I push anything, I'm just going to add that in because it's going to take 15 minutes. So that's fantastic. Otherwise, I'm plugging along at the UI to redo it so it doesn't look like hot garbage. <laughs> and we can all sort and look at our data in a much more pleasant environment. But that, my friends, will take some time. So bear with me. That's what awesome. I got, thank my friends. You. Thanks for the update. And thank you, as always, for the hard work you have on it. Um, Tim, you know what? Before we jump in here, uh, Chris and Sam alluded to it quickly on the stream today. Do you want to share a little bit about the bot you've been working on? Just really quickly. Yeah, uh, working on a Discord bot uh, that's gonna it's gonna be a hero helper bot, um, but and it it's gonna do a lot of different stuff. Um, but uh, basics, I want to help it uh, have it help with like tournament organization, and then eventually being able to pull like hero helper stats and some of that sort of stuff uh, straight into Discord just with like the slash commands and stuff. Uh, so you're not having to like take a screenshot with this, save it up there. You can just type a command in and stuff and have it do some of the cool stuff. So awesome, man. It may be a while, but I've 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 got making good progress so yeah, far. Yeah, cool. I've seen some of it, the testing in action. It looks it looks like very promising. It looks so cool. I'm really excited, Tim. And brava on your coding efforts. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, last but not least. Um, Chris, why don't you walk us through the um, episode overview for today and then take us away into what would you do? Absolutely, Jig. We certainly will not be skipping everyone's favorite segment, What Would You Do? Of course, after that, we'll be doing our main focus where we chat with Larry a little bit and uh, 
get to know him and have some uh, questions set up for that. We also are planning to do potentially a little bit of uh, Nostra Double Domus on the show today to talk about kind of a reaction to the Wizard Weekly stream and chat about uh, chat about some of the upcoming changes that are on the slate and then we'll uh do card talk and uh, the card we want to talk about is in the ranger kit some of the ranger choices so that is exciting and then we will be closing things out with the community roundup What would you say you do here? All right, everybody. Welcome to What Would You Do? Today's What Would You Do? was submitted by Sundragon. We would love for you to submit your own What Would You Do? to the podcast. Just go ahead and DM any of the wonderful hosts alongside me here on Discord, and we will be happy to feature your question on an upcoming episode of the cast. Today's is a level one wizard versus a level one fighter. <clears throat> We're well into the game. On turn 14, we see that we have eight economy to purchase with, a street thug in play, a firebomb in play, a bribe, another bribe. The row contains smash and grab, elven curse, master weigh-in, rampage, and death cultist. Uh, we have also a life drain, a taxation, and a profit in our deck of note. Our opponent is heavy on red with uh, some sacrifice effects in a pair of death touch and dark reward. They've also got some uh, life gain with recruit and a pair of wild cards with uh, elven gift and orc grunt. So there's obviously many different lines. We have not used our channel yet. We could get all the way up to nine economy. The fighter here is at 42. We also have our fireball to use. So plenty of damage, plenty of options to get in. Let's, uh, Larry, did I set that up well enough for you to take a stab at what you would do? You betcha. Yeah, so my initial reaction, of course, is to go with the Green Machine, Rampage, and Elven Curse, you know, a couple of my favorite cards. And I, of course, cheated a little bit and looked at what the community would do. And... Um, <laughs> Of course, the obvious play, I, I think, I mean, you, you have to take the smash and grab uh, and the Elven Curse and then and then use it to, to get Fireball back, uh, Firebomb, right? That's obviously the best move here, I think. And um, quick side tangent, I know we, we want to do this, you know, uh, expeditiously, but I think that speaks to maybe one of the weaknesses of my game, and that is that I play quickly. I play too quickly. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking about what would you do, I'd like to ask each of you guys to think about what is the weakness in your game? Ooh. I love it. <laughs> I, see, now this is so Larry. He takes he takes yeah. one of uh, a standard format and, and throws just this beautiful curveball in it and makes it even better. It's like it's like pickles on a on a cheeseburger. So so first of all, first of all, Larry, I'm gonna stop you and I say that is not the best choice to do here. Because since there's no street thugs in the row, I'm just going to buy fire gems. And, and that's how I'm going to win. Okay? <laughs> He's going anti-meta no. here and yeah, and yeah. holding out for no, the, no, for the I, street thugs. You're absolutely right. And it's a very good question that you have, the weakness in our games. Huh? I can jump um, in on that one. Yeah? You got an answer? 
Okay. My answer. Um, so I think that I am better at like uh, executing a build than innovating a new build. I don't like fancy myself as much of a brewer. So I feel like I could mm. get better at brewing uh, builds and stuff like that. I'm better at like, you know, just kind of copycatting uh, what someone else has played, learning how to play it and, and going off that way. So kind of maybe like taking those unconventional lines or even like, uh, not even just unconventional lines within the game, but unconventional lines within a build. That's something that I'd like to get better at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I uh, never would have tried Snake Pet on my own, probably, you know, as an example mm-hmm. of something that maybe hasn't been talked about or has been. Nostra Double Domus. <laughs> wow, that's an evil. That's like the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde version of, of Nostra yeah, Double Domus. I don't know what happened there, guys. I'm sorry. Um, all right. I'll just jump in here and say, uh, well, first of all, to answer the what would you do, I think that is the correct answer. In fact, I would go so far to say that is the only correct answer for the situation. Or not the only, yeah. but I mean, that is easily the best option for what yep. to do. Here. The optimal you, place. You, get, you get smash and grab an elven curse to the top of your deck, and then you end your turn top deck, firebomb, and you And you've you won the game, basically. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually a winnable game for the for this level one wizard for sure. Um, okay, but to answer Larry's great question, what's the weakest part of your game? I, two of them. I have two two weak points. One is I play uh, like Larry. I play very quickly. I usually have a lot of games. Recently, not so much, but I usually have a lot of games lined up, and mm-hmm. then I'll let them build up in the queue, and then a few times a day, I'll just blast into them and just go through them as quickly as possible. I will rarely even look at my opponent's discard or like what's I'll just do like a, I'll look at the board and what I have and just kind of go from there and then realize after I take hit and turn that I should have looked at the discard because they've got or you know whatever but um, so I play a little too quickly but when I when I don't do that when I focus and I'm actually in, in present being present and playing a single game yeah. I, I can I can reduce that. But probably my biggest weakness is I, I'm a risk taker. I'm like that uh, Han Solo meme. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. to take a risk on a long shot, uh, on uh-huh. trying to draw or flip my deck to try to get that one card or trying to uh, set something out that I only have a 30% chance for. But if but, I hit it, it's going to be awesome. Uh, you, I, I like to take risks. Like- do you feel like that's something you'll like, how much do you like taper that back depending on the game? Like if you're in a Q game, yeah, yeah. you'll take the 30% roll. But like yeah. if you're in the semifinals of a community event, are you still rolling on 30%? I'm still rolling it more often than I should. Yeah. I, I have right, a hard man. time. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> I have a hard time resisting temptation. So. YOLO, I, the cat says he's think- like that too though. That, so, that can serve you yeah. sometimes too, right? That can help you. It can help yeah. to be a little aggressive and just drive you to go for stuff, but it probably hurts yep. me more than helps me. So that's my answer. Yeah. Uh, I think that leaves me. Um, yes. Agree that optimal play is the one that Larry outlined. And I think uh, like you guys definitely cannot pay attention. I'm really good at not paying attention and doing uh, something stupid. But like I said, when I'm paying attention, I'm playing well. I think the biggest ch- challenges that I have are remembering to stop buying things. Uh, sure. I have a problem with overbuying. And then the, the second true. thing that I would like to get better at is um, uh, going back to some of the things that we talked about. And I think it was episode 10 uh, where we talked about like some of the basic stuff is picking the strategy for the game and sticking to it. Just like I love to buy things, I'll change my mind. 
I'll be like, oh, I'm going to start with this and then I'll change my mind and I'll get some other cards mm-hmm. for this and some other cards for that. I'm kind of buying the best card at the moment, but it doesn't always serve me for the overall deck strategy and thrust I need to go into. I think those are the two things that I could do better. I, I'm I'm going to agree for myself, like much like Larry and Matt, I will autopilot games and I just play it really quick and I don't really, like, like Matt said, I don't even necessarily look at what my opponent has bought and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I'm just like, okay, here's what I have. Here's what's in the row. This is best card in the row. I'm going to buy it. And I'm sure my overall win percentage could be 5% higher if I slowed down a little bit and, and mm-hmm. thought through the games like I should or whatever. But also, like, I don't know. I get distracted a lot. I'm, I'm super, like, ADHD. So, like, my kids are doing something like this. My wife's trying to talk to me, and I'm playing Hero Realms. <laughs> and so, like, I just I don't pay enough attention always to, to be – I'm I'm a better player than like I play sometimes. You know what I mean? And so like and and much like Larry and Matt were saying with that, that that that's kind of what I do. And much like Matt, I will take some of those risks. Like I got a one in ten chance to do this, but if I nail it, like I'm gonna win this game, I'll go for that. And then it never pans out. And I'm I'm like, well the other thing that I do when I'm and if I'm playing a fighter, I always like scrap out like my spear and stuff way too early. And that's a tricky one. Some of those. Yeah. Like there's some of those, like there's certain matchups. Like I'm, I can be bad at reading like how much healing my opponent has or something. I'll be like, totally going to get this game. I got this. It's totally (laughs) in the bag. And then like, then I actually see them take their next turn and they just healed for 20. And I'm just like, why didn't I look at that? And that's much like, I wasn't thinking I'm playing too quickly sort of thing. And, and so yep. that's that is the part of going weakness. too fast. So you don't like do the math, right? Well, how much damage do I have left in my deck? How much it, do they it, have that they can potentially draw? Blah, blah, blah. And, and even, and I can do that when I want to, but most of the time, even in like community events or whatever, like, I don't know. I, I work uh, like my work days are like 10 hour, 12 hour work days, some days and whatever. And then I get home and I'm tired and all this stuff. And it's like, sometimes I'm just playing and I just want to relax. And even if it's a community event that I want to do well in, I'm too tired to think through all the math and stuff or stuff. So I just kind of <laughs> wing it instinctually play. I have a question. Did any of you do this? And this is, this may sound, I'll use Matt's word, a little bit elitist, but let's say you're playing a player that you're, you, they're not in the community necessarily. You don't, you never really played them <laughs> before. And you, you know, you should make one move, but you make another move just because you don't think they're going to see the optimal play. You don't think they're going to yeah. take that card. Like you should hate draft them instead of buy the really good card for you. You really should hate draft them, but you're not going to do that because you don't think they're going to realize it. Have you ever done that? And then it blows oh, up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can admit to that having happened. I uh, don't queue up hardly enough these days to like run up yeah. against someone that I, uh, I do that against double dubs. So. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> harsh, man. Savage. Yeah. I, I did notice that I started queuing more often after playing all of you guys all the time. And I was like, whoa, maybe I'm okay at this game. Yeah. But still, <laughs> there is some of that. Like, if I'm like, if I don't know the name and I'm playing them, I'm, I'm like, eh, I'll probably win this but game. But you know what? When, when you do that, that's when you start to see some of the people that aren't in the Discord and stuff now. Yep. And that 
sometimes eventually join. So like somebody like Rucksack yeah. was somebody like that, that like, yeah. I remember playing him in the beta and some of this stuff and being like, yeah, this guy's all right or whatever. But like, I, I would win against him a lot in the beta. And then like, uh, some time elapsed and whatever, and like he got a heck of a lot better. Yeah, and, by the end of beta, he was yeah, he was a monster. And yep. and then like he joined the Discord and that sort of stuff, and I'm like, okay, like here's here's somebody that like I kind of I thought I was a lot better than, and I've seen him improve. Decat was another one like that when he first started playing. I like he played Thief a lot of Thief, I think early on and cleric too, like, cleric and Thief. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I just I was. I was beating him a lot it, from my memory and maybe my stats don't reflect this, but that's how my mind tells me. And then like, but then I saw him start to make better and better decisions. And I was like, okay, I cannot take this guy for granted anymore that I'm going to, I'm going to win 60% of the time against him. I'm going to hope that I can win 50% of my games against this guy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool to see. Double Dubs was the same way, right? He came in kind of as this uh, yeah. bright-eyed, bushy-tailed wow. noob, and uh, before long, he was he was dubbed the Diamond One, and, and here he well, is. Well, diamond and, here he and is now he's not bushy-tailed. And, he uses a lot of hair product now, so that's true. Yeah, he, he bamboozled <laughs> he us on that one. But, okay, fantastic. He's cutting glass. All right, guys, um, that that was great. And hey, Larry. Really nice curveball to throw in that question. It took a kind of, and by the way, Send Dragon submitted a really nice, uh, what would you do here? But it did kind of have a singular solution, I think. So it was nice to have Larry's little curveball yeah. on top. Thanks for great question. Yep. All right, guys, let's wrap it up and head into the main focus. All right, everybody. Uh, now we are going to get to our discussion with uh, Larry. Um, I I know. I just want to say real quick. I first met Larry last year at Origins, like in person. It was the first time I met him. It was great to meet Larry, somebody that I was really looking forward to meeting. And it's great to have you here on the podcast. Um, I remember early on in the beta playing... And I mean, this was before Sam was around and some of that, maybe even before double dubs, really. But I remember like Matt was one of the first people that I played against. You were also one of the first people that I remember playing and having some some good competition with. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the into Hero Realms and in the community and everything? Sure. Well, you know, before I do, I just want to say thank you to all of you guys for doing what you do. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but this is my most listened to podcast. <laughs> I think maybe I've missed one or two episodes awesome. since you've been doing it. I absolutely love it. And um, I, I think it's just fantastic. The format and everything you guys cover, I just love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I started playing Hero Realms in beta. I was uh, playing a little bit of Star Realms, but when I heard um, Hero Realms was coming to digital, I got really excited um, because I knew the accessibility of digital was really going to appeal to me. And I much greatly prefer fantasy over sci-fi. And I didn't even really grasp just how cool it is to have the, the individual 
you know, heroes that you have that you don't really have in Star Realms. You have commanders. It's not quite the same thing. And the progression, mm-hmm. the leveling and all that. And it just, once I got into beta, I just couldn't stop playing it. Um, and I was playing it a lot. And I do remember playing against you quite a bit, Tim. I felt when I met you in Origins, I already knew you, even though. Right, right. Because you know, we would play, uh, and it was it was a lot of fighter back then. Um, yeah. In, in early beta. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I just, and I'm the kind of uh, player, whether it's, you know, board games or digital games that I, I'm narrow and deep with my gaming, right? So I'm not trying to play necessarily a lot of games. I, I try to get really good at, you know, a few games. And um, I was super competitive in Hearthstone for, for, you know, I don't know, half a dozen years or whatever. I was like legendary <laughs> with every every class and Hero Realms fired Hearthstone for me just flat out. <laughs> and it just took up uh, all my free time and then some. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's been a great great journey. I absolutely love love the game. Can't get enough of it. So so why don't you tell us about like your some of your general background in gaming? You talked about Hearthstone and some of that, but um I know you you do quite a lot with uh, board games and stuff in general. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, so I, I originally got into gaming, you know, a million years ago, like in the 70s. Uh, okay. I, I, I might be older than everyone on this podcast. I, I <laughs> may be fair to say. But um, I started playing D&D at the age of nine and, and played Dungeons & Dragons uh-huh. into my teenage years. And it just got out of gaming entirely. And I had a lot of those lead minis and and stuff like that that came with Dungeons and Dragons. And I was out of college working my first professional job. And this this guy I worked with had us over for game night. We played this game called Axis and Allies, this World War II uh-huh. game. I was like, oh, this is really cool. I really loved it. How cool would it be if there was a fantasy version of that? And so, like, about a month later, I had created War Party, which was a fantasy version of Axis and Allies. I found all my old minis from when I was uh-huh. a kid. And I created this game on this huge map and um, there was many iterations of it. And um, I developed that game literally over 10 years and got it to a point where I was pitching it to publishers and I distilled the, the lead minis down to cardboard shits. And, you know, I was going to game conventions, pitching publishers and eventually got picked up uh, by Lock and Load Publishing. And uh, they published it in 2013. It's called War Party. It's a fantasy based war game two on two where you're uh, building armies, but you're also, you have heroes, you're building cities and upgrading your cities. Um, your, your heroes can contribute to your armies and also go on adventures and level up and get treasure. Um, so I had a lot of, a lot of fun with that, with that game. Uh, that was the first game I had published. And then more recently uh, we published Kapow. I did that with a couple mm-hmm. of friends of mine. And that was uh, a game that we self-published initially. Um, and it is a superhero versus supervillain dice building game. It's a head to head. You're rolling dice behind the screen. And when you hear dice, people immediately think, well, it's got to be very luck based if there's dice. And that can be true in some games. And of course, if you're looking at a traditional six sided dice, you know, a six is mm-hmm. six times better than a one. But in Kapow, you have symbols, right? So can anyone tell me is a, is a red fist better than a yellow arm? Right. It's it, very it, contextual. They all do different things, right? But it's not twice as powerful or anything like that. They unlock different abilities. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and there's a lot of ways that you can mitigate 
the dice and change them within Kapow as well. So it, it was a lot of fun developing and, and self-publishing that. And I was a publisher. I was a game publisher for a little while. It's something I did not want to do. We were working, you know, with logistics from China and marketing and doing all this. It was, um, and we were in Boston at the Boston uh, Festival for Independent Games. And we had all these people playing Kapow at our booth. And wouldn't you know, right next to us was Wise Wizard Games. And I already owned Star Realms, but I wasn't super familiar with Wise Wizard Games. I, I played Star Realms. I didn't play it a lot. And afterwards, uh, Debbie from Wise Wizard Games came over and was, you know, noticed that we had a lot of people playing Kapow all day long. And we got talking. And then within a month, they bought all of our existing inventory and gave us a, a contract for the second edition of Kapow. There you go. It was like, awesome. Dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been great doing Kapow and now the second uh, season of Kapow with all new heroes and villains. It's just, it's really a lot of fun. I think that will become a digital game at some point in time. Since then, I have uh, signed another game with Wise Wizard that should be coming out in the next couple of years and another game with Pandasaurus uh, games that's going to come out in the next couple of years. So it's a a passion line. I really love it. and that's, you know, that's, that's it on the designing front. But as a gamer, you know, I enjoy board games and, and some digital games as well, obviously with Hero Realms. And you heard me talk about mm-hmm. uh, Hearthstone before as well. So. What? Wait, jo- wait, really quick. Just to check here, Larry, you, do you have a day job as well? Or are you doing this? Uh, are, are you yeah. full time? What, what, what's yeah. going on here? <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. Uh, I do. I do. Um, so yeah, so I work in, in investments um, as my day okay, job. Wow. Okay. So you're I, actually, well, you're, you must be really busy doing all this stuff though, is what I'm saying. Like you're you're uh, creating lots of games in the background here on top of the job too. It, yeah, it, it is. It consumes a lot of time and uh, it, it really, I think it cut a little bit into my, my family time, unfortunately. So I had to make some corrections around that, but uh, so I've, I've pumped the brakes a little bit. I used to be a lot more involved in, in the Discord community, um, mm-hmm. and I played more Hero Realms in the past than I do now. Although I still do play it as often as I can. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you still beat me fairly regularly. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, definitely- you haven't lost anything with your Legends victory and everything. Yeah, I just have to say really quick, I'm flabbergasted. I had no idea. You had done so much for game. That is so cool, yeah, Larry. That's awesome, yeah. awesome <laughs> dude. I love it. I'm pumped to hear about this. I'm going to go find a copy of War Party and play and just tell everyone I know that I, I know the yeah, guy. War Party sounds game. really interesting, actually. It, it reminds me of an old game, a, a computer game called Warlords, a little bit, where you would... Uh, did you guys ever play the old Warlords computer games? I haven't. No. No. Uh-uh. Anyway. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Sorry. It's, a, it's like a nineties. It's an old nineties yeah. computer. The deep game. cuts. Anyway. Um, Jigs, deep cuts. That's your segment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great stuff so far. Um, Sammy, why don't I, you uh, go ahead, Tim, you got to follow. I, I did have, I'd have two quick comments. Your, your comment about like a dice game being lots of luck based. I played uh, star Wars destiny pretty competitively for a while. And that was like a card and dice mix sort of game. And depending on how it's done, the fact that you can manipulate this stuff and whatever really makes it a lot less random than you would think with dice. And so I think that's a really good point. And everything I've heard from Kapow and when I've seen it and done that stuff uh, looks pretty amazing 
uh, for a game. And a lot of the Star Realms and Hero Realms community, people that have gaming tastes similar to mine, really love that game. So, like, uh, just about a ton of people I know love it. So, like, great job with that. And and, uh, I would also say the, the whole, like, I'm playing a little less now and this and that. I think that ebb and flow is really natural, especially when you're playing a game over a long period of time and you're playing it at a higher level. Like I think a lot of us are kind of going through a little bit of a ebb and flow with that at times that like right now is the time for me that I'm playing less hero realms than I normally, and other times I'm playing like, 50 async games at a time, you know, and other Just times for that it's like Druid to come out and we'll be, yeah. yep. <laughs> I, yep. I think I have two games in my queue right now. Like I, mine's pretty low at the moment, but wow. yeah, life, life, life blasphemy. happens. In that two happens. games in queue. Blasphemy. <laughs> it is yep. actually yeah, even Larry somebody. who says he's cutting back is playing more than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to go back into the kind of like the randomness of Kapow. I did get a chance to play that at Origins last year and definitely enjoyed it. I feel like one of the ways that that game also minimizes the randomness. Isn't it true that you roll the dice and then assign based off of the outcomes? Yes. So it's kind of like by giving the player some agency, it's almost like you're further mitigating that randomness because... Right. Like it's not like you try to do something and you roll the dice to see if it happens or not. It's like you roll the dice and then you decide what happens. So I think that that is a nice element. I don't know if you had any uh, comment on that, but that was an observation that I had. Yeah, that's that's exactly uh, true. And what we we also do is we have it built so that there's always something you can do with your dice. So if you have in some of the dice have blank faces, so you're actually rolling a blank. You might think, oh, what can I do with a blank? But there's all these different things you can do with a blank. Um, So we really try to get our arms around the luck element and just let you explore the different decisions you can do based on the role that you have. The other nice thing about Kapow is there is, uh, you're, you're playing against another player with screens in front of you. So you're trying to predict what they're going to do. And, you know, to some extent you're playing your game, but you're also pl- playing again, you know, yep. trying to figure out what they're going to do and playing their game. Um, right. So there's some interaction and yeah. counterplay there. Exactly. Nice. So you had teased uh, a couple other games that you have in the works. I have a couple questions about that. I want to get out there quick. One, can you confirm or deny if either of those games are the ones that I play tested uh, with yeah. you a little bit last year at Origins? Did you find a publisher for that game, Larry? Uh, are you referring to Thieves Guild? Yes. Yes. So sadly, I have not found a publisher oh. for Thieves Guild, and I, I and it's crushing me because I really felt like that was one of one of the best games I've created. And yeah, just I really the, enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it, Wise Wizard still hasn't said no, but you know <laughs> they're not a Euro game publisher right. per se, and that is a Euro game. Um, so it's also fairly heavy. Um, it is, and so I'm I'm still searching for the right publisher, but. Since then, I've worked on half a dozen other games. I, I, you know, got heartbroken. I pitched it to a couple of people and uh, just, you know, you you have to have a good game. I'm sorry. You have to have a great game. There's so many good games out there. Right, sure. I've I've designed 30 good games at least, but you have to have a great game these days and you have to be in front of the right people at the right time. And, um, you know, even a company like Wise Wizard, they, they like the game. And they're great people, but is it a match for what they're right. doing? You know, that's yep. that's the question. So no, that's that's still on my list. I'm not giving up on it, but I have, I, I you know, 
I have so much passion and creativity that I have all these other ideas and I've worked on a, I have a couple other really thing, great things I'm excited about that okay. you know, are going to get published and something else I'm be pitching soon. Okay. Looking forward to what's uh, coming up from you next there. What do you got, Sam? So I've got a few questions that it, you've, you've really piqued my interest on this topic. Um, first <laughs> off, I hope you can bring Thieves Guild to Origins. I don't know if you're done playtesting it or not, but I would. that sounds like right up my alley. To, a heavy Euro game. I love that stuff. So happy to play that uh, with you guys if, if there's an opportunity. Um, but the thing that I was really curious about, and I even made an offhand comment to Chris today when we were doing our like our stream, like, man, we should start a, a game store. Just kind of half joking, but really, <laughs> I mean, half joking. It would be awesome to get involved in, in the game's business and have that be you know, part of what it is. So my question is not really for me, but just for all of the people that are listening that might be wondering, like I am, what does it take to kind of make that jump? I mean, I'm actually really impressed that you just decided, hey, I'll access and allies, but fantasy would be really cool. And then you just built it over 10 years. That's really cool. Um, but what like what advice would you give someone who has that in their heart and they're just a little intimidated to, to try? Uh, how would you get them past that to open up and, and give it a shot? Well, you know, how, how big is the passion and how many games have you played? How many other types of games have you played? I, I come across this a lot where someone has, you know, the, the idea for the next chess. Right? And, and I've, I've, unfortunately, I've seen that story a hundred times. Um, I think you have to be aware of what's out there in the marketplace. And again, it's not good enough to come up with something good. It has to be great. And it also has to be different. People want to see different things. And that's yeah. not to say you have to create new mechanics, but you have to use some mechanics that people may be familiar with in different ways. Um, so it is, it's, it's, it's a challenge. If you have the passion, don't back away from it. Um, but know what you're getting into and, and don't expect that, hey, you have this great idea and it's just going to fly out the door. It took me over 10 years to get War Party published. And it was a lot of hard work. Uh, so it, it doesn't it doesn't come overnight and, uh, you know, be prepared. But if you're passionate about it, it's not work, right? It's it's fun. Right. I enjoy doing it. So follow okay. your passion, but but don't get too far ahead of yourself and, and be aware of what's out there. Right. So you're not designing something that someone already designed five years ago. Right. Also, okay, don't so. don't quit your day job. Also, I think is another key. There's not a lot of money in board games. Yeah, we get a little <laughs> bit of royalties and you know sometimes a signing bonus, but it's yep. not. Yeah, you can't quit. Yep. Don't do it. You're not winning the lottery. How, <laughs> how do you go about pitching the games and finding people to possibly publish them? Do you just is that where you're going to go to like game fairs and? Um, walk yeah. up to people and try to try to figure that out, or what's, yeah. the, what's that process like? It, it, it that's a tough process. Uh, thankfully, I've been doing it long enough, and now I have a number of connections, so it's it's getting to be a little bit easier for me. Um, and I'm I'm friends with people that have that are also designers, and so we all share our contacts and stuff like that. But getting started, it's really hard. Um, there are um, you can go to conventions; they have publisher speed dating. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, you know, speak. sometimes it's not always the uh, the biggest or best publishers that go to those events. Uh, you really just have to kind of pound the streets, uh, send out emails. And these days, a lot of people will have sales sheets. So they'll have a very nice PDF and even a video. Um, so you really have to put some work and effort into it to try to find a public, just a publisher that will accept your pitch. 
Um, but there is a lot of uh, resources out there on the internet, a lot of Facebook groups in, in terms of, you know, for board game designers, and they'll mm -hmm. give you a lots of you know, really good advice in terms of how to do it. It's, it's not easy, but you, know, you kind of have to build up that network. That's so cool. And lastly, I do want to say thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. It's awesome to have you here. And man, I just feel like we're in the presence of royalty. No. Larry Legend <laughs> is with us. <laughs> Amazing. The double legend. The double legend, exactly. Yeah, you know what? While we're really here, legit. this is this is a good time for just a quick interlude. I think we want Larry's perspective on what happened in the famous whiz off that that saw <laughs> that saw Sam crowned uh, I, as 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 a legend. Let, let's hear Larry's quick version of events on, on how the whole not 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 the whole event itself, but how did the idea of the whiz off? come up and how did you begrudgingly agree to to participate in it? There, there is this rumor that I begrudgingly participate. I, I went along with it. It wasn't my idea, but I was like, I, I, no remorse. It was fine, you know? And the funny thing is, as an aside, Wizard is, aside from Alchemist and Barbarian, Wizard is the most fun for me to play right now mm -hmm. I, because I've played Thief an incredible amount of times. It's just so I, I really enjoy Wizard. Um, it wouldn't have been my choice necessarily for the Legends tournament, but it all worked out and it was great. I mean, I mentioned, you know, I, I got to go up against some great players. You know, uh, Birdlaw was there and MV Roser was there and uh, Sam and I met in the finals and um, he won the first game, I won the second game and it came down to the third game and it was a lot of tension and, and he, and he, he whooped my butt, so it's all good. So, so Larry, I was I so did, nervous. I was like, "I'm dead. I'm going against Horgle. This it. It was fun. I'm glad I made it to the finals at least." I, I, did, I just was wanted, nervous. I wasn't going to say it, but since you did, yeah, I was so nervous. <laughs> it's it, it's it's okay to tell everybody that you really felt sorry for Sam and you let him get that third game. It's okay. Oh, no, you don't have to that. say it. We all know what really happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> just kidding. No, he, he's just a killer. Kidding. He was gonna he was yeah. gonna take it if he could for all sure. Right, well, that's yeah. good. Well, hey, Sam. Sam's, Sam's name and his honor has been cleared, at least temporarily. So it, it's <laughs> um, Larry, how many uh, Legends tournaments have you participated in? Do you know? Uh, off, the, off the top of your maybe, head? Maybe four. Okay. And how many finals have you been to? Three. And how many of no, those well, have you won? He's won finals? two of them. Yeah. yeah the the origins that made the semi -final. Pretty freaking amazing, man. Really. That's a good uh, rate. Yeah. That's an awesome... Uh, Awesome showing! Congrats on that. You you are you are a competitive animal, my friend. Well, yeah, I, and I appreciate it. And not to take anything away from any of the competitors, but I mean, we all know that the legend tournaments. There's there's there. It would be better if there were more competitors, right? I think at Origins we had a few more, and there were sixteen at PAX East. Um, a couple of people dropped out or whatever, but there were some high quality players there as well. Um, mm -hmm. There was a. Um, Forget the gentleman's name, uh, but he was a former developer for Wise Wizard. He was he went undefeated in the in the uh, Jay, yeah Jay, he went undefeated in the prelims, and so I, I actually struggled a little bit in the prelims. So I, I faced him. I was the the lowest seed to to make the cut, and so I faced him uh, right out of the gate, and then I had to play Birdlaw and Marauder Mo, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, so. There, there's great competitors there, but I guess what I'm saying is um, 
the same weekend that I won the Legends at PAX East, I also won Highlander. And I was <laughs> I was actually really excited to win Highlander because I, I beat Arkennel uh, and then mm -hmm. I beat Tim, I beat Omsk, and I beat the Cat. And mm -hmm. I, 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 is it wrong for me to say I was almost more I, – like, I can't say <laughs> – because you're going to be on a card when you win the Legends, right? So that's yeah. really cool. But yep. to beat that level of competition uh, that I just mentioned in Highlander, for mm -hmm. me, that felt like a greater achievement. And I've been trying to win. I participate in most of the online events. And I've I've come, you know, into the semifinals or I think I came second in one before. But I'm like, all right, when am I going to win one of these? And so to win that was, was really awesome. Uh, um, yeah, I would actually agree with that. I, I mean uh... – the competition is so fierce yeah. and I don't consider myself that good of a player because I play against you guys all the time. But when I play against someone, we don't either Sam play it that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's a known thing, right? It's a known thing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm I'm, when I play against like the normal people, whatever it's, it's like, you know, yeah. I have a big advantage, you know, it, just being that, being that familiar with everything, especially in an event like Highlander or, um, I know in HRPC stuff, some of these lean a bit more competitively. And then there's some other events and not to take anything away from any of the events because the, the hero realms community has a lot of really good players. Um, but some of them lean a bit more casual and whatever. And so, but like something like Highlander and the whole, you know, I run that event. I came up with the stuff for it. The whole thing was like, you have to not only be like a good player, you have to be a good player with multiple classes and you have to be able to handle these matchups and stuff. And so I think like winning an event like that um, says a lot about your play, especially at the higher levels, whereas like, and, and not taking anything away from mm -hmm. legends, like you said, you get a card in the game and it's super awesome and all of that. But like it's at level three and, or it's without here, you know, like the format is what it is. So like, it's just a whole different animal. And when you're playing against uh, the community online, you're not um, one, it's a bigger field usually. And two, like it's a much stiffer competition because right. people aren't excluded because of where they live. Like Matt lives in Japan. There's a number of players that live in Europe that, that don't, come to Gen Con or PAX or Origins or whatever. And so, and some of those players are some of the best players in the game. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I, so kind of just brings a question to my mind and I, you know, I haven't really contributed a lot to the community. So I almost feel bad asking this. I know all of you guys have not just in terms of what you do here, but what you do in realms rising and the discord channel and everything you do. So, I, I almost hesitate to ask this, but could we please have more level 12 tournaments? Why are so many at level three? <laughs> you had a previous guest on and, and I, I forget who, who it was. It's someone I like, but I, I don't necessarily agree with the perspective of there's more skill at lower levels. There's more decisions when you can use your skills and abilities and you it's have all different. these different items and, the, the game is more complex and it's more fun and there is less RNG when you play at the higher levels because you have to make all these decisions on how to use your skills and abilities and counterpicking 
there's 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 more skill at the I, I think. I love the the game before the game, which is where like you pick your build and you like manipulate the matchup. And that's a lot about like, you know, having multiple builds can give you an advantage there. And like, this is my wizard that is good against fighters. This is my thief that's good against wizards Mm -hmm. and like different things like that. And this is my cleric that's really good for the mirror. Um so yeah, I totally get into that as well. And uh, it sounds like there's a call for more events. So let's see if we can get more events happening. <laughs> One thing that uh, Tim alluded to was this Discord bot. And one idea that we've had with the Discord bot is that we could potentially have like a rolling async tournament. And I think it would make sense to play it at max level and that would be at level 12 or whatever the current mm-hmm. max level of the game is. But basically you get um, 16 people to sign up and once 16 people sign up an async tournament fires off. And as soon as that one fires off, um, the next one can start taking signups and no one who is active in the current one can sign up for the new one. And then once that fires off, so it would just keep rolling and it could be just like perpetual level 12 tournaments to (laughs) our hearts content. This is a ways off. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that. So that's, that's that's an idea. (laughs) Now it'll be interesting to see, will the wise wizard tournaments in app arrive before Tim's uh, bot uh, tournaments arrive. That'll be it's a, it's a te- my te- money. technological race. <laughs> I Agent don't know. E thirteen, baby. That's yeah. <laughs> we will, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll, okay. We'll talk we'll about see. the pace of release stuff later. We don't go. Anyway. Let's not go down to that all now. Now, while we're here, though, now this is one of the points that Larry mentioned. He he wouldn't mind uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the best players of the game and uh, different levels of play. And Larry mentioned that he just wanted to talk about who we think are some of the best players in the game. Now. This is a kind of a tricky subject, but I mean, on if you listen to our podcast, you'll hear us mention some names quite frequently who we do think are some of the best players in the game. Um, but before I, I think we give some of our ideas, um, Larry, let's go to you first. Who, when you yes. when you think of the best players, who are wh- what are some of the names that come to mind? So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to give you my top five, and I'm going to tell you. This is my top five in order. Um, I'm just, I'm just start, yeah, so I'm calling out names here. And if you're not on this list, don't hate me. <laughs> oh, boy. Players out there. This is just my personal list. Yeah. And I've got I'm my finger start. over the eject button from the chat here, Larry. Yes. Just, just say, <laughs> say, the wrong, say the wrong names and you could be ejected from this podcast very right. quickly. So, <laughs> present company excluded, of course. Um, I'm going to start at number five. And uh, oh, I think, going from bottom up, of course. I, it's I exciting. Think, I think every community needs a villain, and I won't say any more about this. I respect this player's ability in the game, and that is, <laughs> I believe he's the Dutchman, Endeloos. I know. Yep, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yep. That's great. Uh, so he's my number five, and I, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be on everyone's top five list, but. Personally, against him, I, I have a terrible record, um, and I just wish I could beat him more. So there you go. Endless for number five. Number four, um, and this I don't know if this is going to surprise anybody or not. He won a lot of tournaments uh, a while ago, and you haven't seen him as much lately. He, li- he likes to write a lot of lore. Um, but why you haven't seen him so much is because he's been so focused playing a lot of star realms because he wanted to become a realms walker. And of course, you know, I'm talking about Dave Lobby, yeah. Birdlar, mm-hmm. Awesome dude. Love hanging out with, with Dave. Mm-hmm. My number three is somebody I, I haven't met in person 
but he plays a lot and he is uh, famous for his prestiging and prestiging Ooh. and prestiging. And you guys know I'm talking about none other than yeah. Zembu. Number three, he's an excellent player. And number two, and I don't want to offend this guy. I like this guy. I actually talked to him about game design on the telephone once. My buddy Alex, the cat says meow. I, I know he could be on someone's uh, – he could be number one for some of you guys. I um, I know he's won so much, and he's done things for the game, like bringing out the boots thief and coming up with new stuff. Excellent player. Um, and, of course – if I named him as number two, then you guys probably know who I'm going to say is number one, none other than Scrap Rucksack. Uh, Rucksack. Oh, yeah. I kept waiting to hear my wow. name, Larry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, this is a controversial top five. I can't wait to get into this. Go ahead and say what you will about Rucksack. But yeah. Yeah, the, the, the last yeah. thing I'll just say about Rucksack is, man, every time I think I'm going to beat him, yeah, <laughs> somehow he comes. He's got the luck. Like I, 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 He's got it. Because he does it all the time. It's, it's true. I feel like I'm ahead and I can gauge like if I'm ahead and like if someone's going to come back and somehow he always comes back. And usually, I mean, more often than he's beating me anyways, but in the times where I think I'm going to win, I still don't win against Rucksack. Not to say that I haven't beaten him, but yeah, those are my top five. Rucksack, the cat says me out, Zembu and Lucent Bird Law. That's a fantastic list. I agree. I'll give Rucksack his dues. I was mostly just kidding when I said that he has the luck. And, of course, the nickname Lucksack, you know. But he <laughs> he does an awesome job in the game and has plenty of victories to show for it. But I, what? I, I feel like you haven't played enough games against Noodle Tulpa, Larry. How yeah, are you going to leave Noodle gosh, out of your top noodle. five, man? I got yeah. Noodle out of top five. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I feel like I don't it's know. If too it's too late now. You can't take it back. Law, it's forever can't, can't take it back. to the annals of history. Yeah. All right, I feel Chris. terrible. You actually, also left me out of the top five. Right. So <laughs> what I, are I you have thinking? to jump in. I have to jump in. I've told my I, I've told my cousin Fino literally while we were at PAX that Noodle Tupe is the third best player in the game. There so, you have it. Sorry, Noodle. Um, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I so he gets the honorable mention. He gets the honorable mention from, from there. He hasn't okay. been playing enough lately. He forgot. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's He's true. I, I, I literally I took a break after PAX. I don't, so, yeah, Noodle 2 oh, It's hard, it's hard to do. Five. Right. He's in my top three. He's in my top three. Yeah. All right. Nice. nice. Oh, nice. Rivera. Okay. All right. Well, that pushes Endelus out of the top five then. That is what you oh, said, well. right? <laughs> okay uh, chris well this is fun let's just let's go through but i don't want to spend too much time dogging on it uh, chris let's go to you what's your top five and maybe one or two honorable mentions oh well i'd say i have uh a very similar top five there i think like the top three is a lock and it's noodle rucksack and decat in some order they mm-hmm. all like you know you could make various cases why they might be, you know, one, two, or three. But then I think it gets a lot more, like, ambiguous and hard to determine because of, like, different players, like, you know, them outside of the app are, like, stone-cold killers, but you haven't seen them in the app as much, and or, like, maybe they don't play in as many events and different stuff like that. So I think it, it does get a little more murky from there. I think that, like, Dark Lighter's name's got to get thrown into the conversation. Um, I think if you're going by, like even straight win rate uh cl rider is like very good is another solid player that uh, puts up some good win rates and stuff so there's really so many good people in the community that that's my like main point is that okay like, all right very like diplomatic this... answer okay thanks all right yeah <laughs> all 
Yeah. Right. We got your names. You got All right, good. Sam, let's go to you next. Who are your uh, top three, five, and some honorable mentions? Dude, I hate doing rating stuff. I can't. I, I just love everybody. How can I rate people? Sam's crying in his okay. closet right yeah, now. He's, he's got, <laughs> he's yeah, he's got his blanket shaking in the corner. All right, Sam refrains from voting, and he loves everyone as well. Got it. Timmy, how about you? Give us give us some of your I, rankings. I, I agree with Chris. I agree with Larry. Top three is kind of locked, depending on what order you want to put them in. But Noodle, the Cat, and Rucksack are probably – I don't know too many people that are going to argue that they're the top three players. Mm-hmm. After that, like Chris said, I think it gets a bit more subjective. But uh, let's see. Um, oh God, this it's so hard. I'm I'm not nice like Sam, but it's it's just really hard to make up my mind because like I'll face somebody and be like, man, oh, I, I hate facing them. Um, I would say like, God, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna Great, sit here and, and, and wonder. Okay, yeah, so 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 Jig would probably make my top five. Ooh, nice. Like right. um. Uh, it partially because one, you are a master wizard, but also like you've done really well in a lot of events. Like yep. you've done well in the Sparks and Rec digital opens. You've done well at level twelve events all across there. I would put Jig in my top five. After that, um, I'm going to put myself as number five. No, um, <laughs> I was tempted to do the same. I, I respect it. Um, <laughs> I, I would probably my own number one. I'm my toss up, <laughs> my, my toss up here would probably be uh, Bird Law or Darklighter. It would probably mm-hmm. be the other one that would make my top five. And and there's a couple of points on any of these people. Rucksack and Bird Law are very good at playing outside the box and different than how you're seeing a lot of other people play the game. And that's why they beat me so much. Um, just cause I'm used to countering like certain play styles when somebody's playing a, you know, a fighter or something and they play it different. And so their decision trees and everything are just way different than what I'm used to seeing. And it's harder to figure out a good counter to what they're doing. Um, and then there's other players like like Noodle. I, I would say the cat probably fits into that with Rucksack and them, that, that he figures different ways to play that a lot of people don't get. But then there's people like Noodle that just – he doesn't make mistakes. He plays like mm-hmm. the the kind of standard – and I not to say this is always the play, but like he just – he takes his time, he makes the right decision, and he does it. It's not – super tricky stuff and all this and that. He just plays really well and really solid. So that German efficiency. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Just to add the one name that I didn't hear mentioned, or there's might be two names that I'll just throw in. And I'm not saying they're necessarily top five, but they're definitely some of the best players. Some of the most, uh, some of the names that strike fear into me when I ran, uh, match up with them randomly in the queue. One of them is Rip, W-R-I-P, mm, yes. who is just a mm-hmm. killer of a player. He's an awesome at all levels and uh, all it, characters. I, I hate play. seeing him in, in Star Realms way more than I hate seeing him in Hero Realms. I don't he play Star Realms anymore. So. Yeah. Um, the, who's the other one? Oh, Master Chulky is another really good mm. uh, player. He's in, mm-hmm. in fact, he's played some cleric i haven't seen him recently he might not be playing as much recently but he had a run there with a cleric that was 
just kicking my, even with wizard, I was having real trouble beating his, beating his clarity. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, yeah, there's so many good players and who play different styles. <clears throat> and it's interesting too. Like I've been playing against rucksack ran, uh, in the random cues recently. And I've had a streak of like five or six wins with him. And I'm not saying I'm better than him, but I've been running the soul wizard. <clears throat> that's even beating fighters and barbarians. And I think I'm on, and I'm sure with his barbarian, he's probably steamrolling almost everybody else he's coming through, but there might be something about this matchup that's, that's getting. So the other thing too, is like when you're meeting with these people online, you might be trying certain builds and they might be trying certain Mm -hmm. other builds. And it's not necessarily, you might win a bunch, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the better player. It might just mean what you're trying is more effective than what, what they're playing is too. So, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's always great playing against them, but there are some names that definitely strike fear into your heart when, when you see him in the queue there. So, all right, cool stuff. I, I think we're good. Are there any final uh, names that we should bring up? Or I think we're good. All right. Yeah. And, uh, apologies. But double to dubs who- is an honorable mention just because I feel bad with him sitting there. For sure. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Talk about names. That all strike fear. Five. Yeah. That strike no. fear into the heart. Double dubs is on there for sure. Yeah. He's, he's a great competitor. Sammy, you I, are I, too. You, yeah, I, I, I love I, to talk I, shit to you all the time, but you are quite a, quite a player yourself, buddy. <laughs> I, I think there's very much a top three that most everyone that plays would agree on. And then there's probably 10 or 15 players that could be in that top five spot. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. It's always really interesting in um, the Tavern Brawl because mm-hmm. that that's where that I feel like that ranking mm-hmm. can kind of come out to with that drafting system and everything. And you see it Tavern Brawl is interesting, though, because you're playing at lower levels and you're only playing with mm-hmm. one character. Anyway, that, that's a whole another can of worms. Not just not just t- tavern ball is great. You have to be good to be good to do well at it. I'm not saying otherwise, but um, yeah. Anyway, okay, let's keep it moving on, guys. Um, next up, very quickly, um, because we have these two new characters that have dropped into the scene. Let's just hear Larry's takes on the um, and Chris. Sorry, this was actually your question, <laughs> but, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, Larry, let's take uh, let's hear your takes on the alchemist and the barbarian. I know you have, you said you haven't been playing too much lately, but I know you have had your chance to get your hands dirty with them. What, what do you think so far? I mean, I love them, of course. And now maybe thing, everything's changed after the Wise Wizard uh, stream today. It looks like they're going to be brought down to earth, which is well warranted. But I really love them. And um, I think the Alchemist is just so cool. Um, it specific, specifically, you know, the, the transformations... And the crucible is the crucible like one of the best items in the game for any it's, character. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. Like, I don't know what what you could choose. What is on the opposite side of the crucible? But I can't imagine anybody taking it. Um, because <laughs> I'd rather have shipping a needs, bottle than crucible. I think. But. Who needs who needs necros? Uh, I love shipping the bottle. Uh, I do, but mm-hmm. I, I I think I would rather have crucible. I would because you don't. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you just. Either you pull a great card or you trash a gold. It's a win-win. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. It is yeah. very it is. good. No, it's it's awesome. I mean, yeah. when you compare it to the other in-deck scraps, it's way better than the, the sack decker. Sack deckers, I sometimes sack it because uh, it kind of hurts your economy so much. I'm just like, this there, is annoying to play. There, I would say there, there might be like two or three cards that would be somewhat similar power level. And uh, you know, the fighter doesn't have any of those. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, spectrum but, spectacles; those are th- those are awesome as well. Uh-huh. Right? Oh yeah, so much versatility. Okay, what do I want a faction for bonuses? 
is it me or do you guys tend to lean towards you know pushing a faction for green to draw i mean it depends obviously everything's situational i know but overall you know you default to green if you're in doubt you make your philosopher's stones green because then you're going to draw something and you're possibly going to trigger another one of these so yeah i I do that or i or i push health so i can make sure that i keep my spectacles on because that's the other thing i'm more concerned about is keeping the specs on but one of those two is most common i'm almost never going red or blue unless somehow doing the blue will i can still get a five cost card blue for you able to get there's some corner cases to go blue for econ yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, all right. And, and fireworks are great too, right? Uh, brittle gas. There's just so much draw, but I mean, uh, brittle gas is eh. But fireworks is really nice, and I, I just their whole kit. I just love it. I, I just um, it's a lot of fun to play the alchemist, so, and uh, of course, barbarian's great as well. It seems like there's a tremendous amount of draw with barbarian. Does anyone use the bonax? Is that I have? I've, yes, I'm experimenting with it. I've gotten it like usually hits for like I think. Um, five to seven damage is kind of mm-hmm. like the range on it. It's not just, too just uncommon for it to hit for that. So I've, the, I've been liking it. it what is on the other side? Not taking because I'm not taking bone axe. What am I taking instead of bone axe? Something good, I know. I think I'll pull it's it up here. <laughs> at the crushed coin, one? probably crushed coin, and crushed coin is going to get better with that release. Wait, I think I, I like disagree. it. I, I like the old crushed coin better. The one that I think yeah, it gets I love you, like, you like sacrificing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the there. I think. The cat may be on to something. I'm not 100% sure because uh, you're going to be losing the draw, but the cat's kind of onto something with the idea of just like turning on your uh, so your berserk and leaving it on. But again, I, we'll see because the drawing might be too much of an advantage to the, do that. The, the drawing with a barbarian is really, really good. When it was drawing two, you wanted to be drawing two as often as possible. Um, yep. But I will say I tried that... Um, the it's been a while, but I tried the tree where you lose less health, where you only lose like the one health going berserk. And it wasn't the end of the world to, to not always be flipping back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it seemed like less of a detriment in that tree. And yep. so like, I don't know that you'd always want to just leave it on as berserk and never go back because you do want to get that card draw, but like it doesn't hurt less you near as much. And in I that case, to, that's where I like the, I like the boots. And I like the crushed coin and I like those like constant damage, high damage cards because then your starting deck's going to be pretty killer. I'm intrigued by the idea, but we'll see. That's the beautiful thing about this time in the game with these new classes is that everything's changing. It's all kind of hammering itself out. So Larry's trying to make a point here. What do you got? What do you got, Larry? No, actually, I want to hear from you, Matt, on this because I, there was not too long ago where there was a King of the Castle and I, I played Jing and King of the Castle and I said, uh, can we play Barbarian? And that was a mistake. You requested it. <laughs> you, you, you requested I, it. You, you three owed me in, with barbarian versus barbarian. Um, yeah. So, what, what is your take on barbarian, Matt? What All you- right. Well, I, I've I've mentioned it uh, uh, in a few places already, I think. But I really like the double draw from the barbarian, and I think that's what really makes it feel like the barbarian. You get the double draw, and then the next turn or whenever, until you calm down, you can't get that draw again. By taking all the double draw away and just you're left with a single draw they can use at most every other turn, just feels it, the fun factor of, yeah. of the barbarian. I'm a little worried about it seeping out a little bit. I much would I mean, rather have seen them tone down the damage output rather than the draw. 
because you can still you can add damage to your deck later and then still have that uh, berserk ability, which is great. But um, yeah. yeah, just the starting damage is too much. You know, I I, I don't know. I, we'll see. Yeah. I I think it's a similar problem as kind of what the fighter has is that your your base deck does a decent amount of and it the barbarian is more and if you took that back a little bit and gave them something else that makes it a lot more fun and less one dimensional. So having that double draw, like you were saying, I've, I've liked what you've told me about your thoughts on the barbarian before, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that serrated ax is seven damage, right? The upgraded ax. And that's a starting deck card, which is just, it's it's, it's not, it's not right. Anyway, we'll see how it goes, but I'm a little worried that some of the fun is going to be, the Barbarian wasn't really my favorite uh, to play anyways. It's a little too, I hate to sound elitist, but it's a little too autopiloty for me. It's not, there's yeah. not a ton of thinking involved. Uh, the Alchemist is a lot more fun, obviously. Although I still have yep. to say, guys, I, Wizard is still my favorite. The kind of shine <laughs> of the Alchemist is worn off, and I, I still find myself, most of the games I play are with Wizard still. Yeah, Wizard All right, still. I got questions for you guys. Um, so in preparation for the stream, with Rob and Debbie today, Dubs and I pulled some information about the different classes and how they were doing. We pulled uh, information for Alchemist and Barbarian since the last update, which I don't think nerfed the double draw and the rightmost tree, but a lot of the nerfs were in place. What do you think is the best class for Barbarian and the best class for Alchemist? Like to, Like the highest win rate verse. We're, we have a 200 plus so you, 300, 300 the, for Alchemist and about 250 game sample size here. Let that, me that try to rephrase the question to make sure that it's clear. If you were up against a <laughs> barbarian, what class would you want to play as to try to give your best chance to win? And if you were up against an alchemist, what do you think uh, the class that gives you the best chance okay. to win is? So okay, it's, it's that's cleric against that, it's cleric that's the against opposite barbarian. Of what I sure. was trying to ask, which tells me I need to go back to uh, English class. But that's fine <laughs> yeah. too. That's fine too. Give me, give me, give it. Let me get get your guesses. So cleric is the best chance for beating barbarian, is what Jig said. Yeah, or, I'd, or I'd, I'd agree there. Yeah, or, 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 or I, I would say I would say cleric or fighter. Because because that you can out aggro that barbarian with a fighter. You just gotta be patient and heal it. Out heal it. All right, Larry, what do you got? Uh, I would say ranger against the alchemist. Um, against the barbarian, yeah, I guess I, I guess cleric. Okay. Wizard against the uh, alchemist is my guess. Against against the alchemist, I would pick barbarian. Okay. Oh no, I uh. didn't think that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Based> <laughs> the best class. Yeah. Rob even so, told me. <laughs> Oh, you, you guys were <laughs> close. You definitely guessed it in both cases. Uh, but Tim got it right. Barbarian versus fighter only has a 30% win rate. Now, this is, of course, o- over 33 total games. So right. don't look too deep into it because this sample size is, again, two, 250 Very games. Low. is pretty small. Um, and who knows at what level and all those caveats, right? But that's interesting. Now, the cleric is 33%. It was, it was by... Uh, a nut hair, as we, as your friend Scrap <laughs> wow. Force would say. <laughs> now, Alchemist, dude, Alchemist, even like with this again, small sample size, but it's everything is almost fifty percent or more uh, versus Fighter. It's at forty eight percent, but there's one notable exception here, and that's versus the Barbarian, where they are only at thirty percent win rate. So yeah, okay. that's you guys All did right. a really good job. That ironically, uh, Larry, and not to shit on your your uh, take but 
uh, versus Ranger of the Alchemist is at a 78% win rate. Wow. Again, very small sample size, mm-hmm. but it seems to be a little bit of a good Ranger counter. Actually. Yeah. With the Alchemist, I'm really not afraid of much of anything except bar- Barbarians, to be honest. Right. When, when I play yeah. as the Alchemist. Yeah. I love the Alchemist. It's um, so good. All right. Good. Now, this might be a good transition, guys, um, to smooth our way into Nostra Double Damas and talk a little bit about some of the news that was dropped today, because it's actually connecting to the uh, Alchemist Barbarian, some of the other changes that we're talking about, too. So let's mosey our way in to our favorite soothseer, Nostra Double Damas. All righty, here we go. Greetings, it is I, Nostra Double Damas, a wizard with glimpses of the future of Thandar. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> Nostra Double Damas, here with a preview <laughs> of the future for you. I have gazed into the crystal ball of Thandar, and I have seen a call to arms. <laughs> Oh my god. I, I said we could only do this segment if he did the voice. So <laughs> did you all my fault. Yeah, did you write fault. that ahead of time? That was, that was too good. That was oh my god. That was too good. Off the Thanks, cuff. Let's let's get into it. So of course there's more balance changes coming very soon for fighter and wizard. Um fighter is getting the cutlass changed. The cutlass is becoming a swashbuckler because it's gonna kind of work better in physical as the driving factor there. We lose out a little bit on the flavor win that was giving a cutlass to a champion and are instead um traded off by some interesting mechanics and some better physical functionality. And then we've got the wizard getting a ruby. The um the gold is getting upgraded to a ruby. We did see this in the past. It led to uh dominant wizard meta we have some concerns about what this will look like now as um silver skull amulet alchemist stone ship in a bottle and now an extra ruby means that like we got some money bag wizards uh coming up in the future so that's like Mm -hmm. the first kind of big stuff coming up that was previewed um we'll pause and talk about that real quick any quick thoughts on any of that stuff gentlemen fighter and whiz Larry, let's go to you. Let's go. Let's go to the special guest. Larry, what do you think? Yeah, no, so- sounds exciting. Like I mentioned earlier, Wizard is what I'm enjoying the most right now, and I've played more Thief than any other class overall. Um, but I just, I really, I in, and you know what it was? I avoided playing the Shizzard for so long. I heard mm-hmm. you guys talking about this Shizzard like a year ago. I'm like, I want to draw more cards, <laughs> right. and I was like, but I want to win. <laughs> so I played Shizzard and I got to like Diamond Four, and I was like, what the hell? Like I couldn't even get to the Platinum before. Right. So I don't know. So I really, I really dig it. I'm glad that they're gonna, uh, you know. I guess they they need to make it uh, even better. So I'm on board with that. <laughs> I love it. Enjoy yeah. while it lasts. I, I don't think it's yeah. gonna. I don't think it's gonna stick around. Yeah. I don't know what the fighter upgrade is gonna do. I mean, the cutlass was kind of cool. I didn't really get a chance. I, I haven't been playing a lot of fighter. It's a different topic, but um, I, I I have actually only used that cutlass in like three games where I've yeah. effectively attached to it. I'd like to play with it more before they take it away. I'm kind of bummed, but 
Um, we'll see what here's like the new swashbuckler is another thing that they're trying to kind of put in there as a character, uh, as a cleric counter. Like if you build to fight clerics, yeah. then this will help you with that. But yep. I, I still don't know if that's going to such work a bad matchup. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it is. And I don't know if it's going to be enough because it's I love what? the I love the 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 scrap bonus of being able to stun the champions that are uh, <laughs> knocked down or whatever the hell, I guess you would call it tap. Expended. Expended, Expended thank you. Um, That's not going to be very good. It's part. just not going to be that. It's not going to be game changing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it'll That's be great really be in certain situations, but it's not going to help the overall win rate but, and performance of the fighter, unfortunately. So um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I agree with Matt. That that ruby is probably not going to stick around for very long. Uh, that's gonna, level fourteen. They, they just have too much energy. too much economy at, at level fourteen, especially with shipping a bottle and stuff. Yeah, I don't see that sticking around. I mean, the, what do you guys the, think about the, the, the fighter? I the 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 sacrifice ability on that swashbuckler is going to be like irrelevant ninety percent of the time, and. I do like that it, it it does a little bit more damage. It does three damage, and it will expend a champion. I think it's cool to have that on a card in your in your deck rather than having to use your ability to do that. At the same time, I loved the interaction with the cutlass and like the sharpening stone and some of that stuff, and we're losing that True. out of that change. Good call. And so oh, it's it it looks like it's getting a little bit of a buff but i also think it's getting nerfed in a way as well and i think it's going to end up maybe a little bit more powerful but overall not really doing much and at level 14 the fighter is really bad so yeah yeah there's yeah. just too much healing like they want to give the fighter these tools to like expend champions and that's not the problem the problem is the cleric the 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 lift thief even the distracted exchange thief in a lot of games. Even and the wizard, like the wizard can uh, and the wizard, heal. Yeah. They out they out heal what the fighter can do, mm-hmm. and the fighter does not have the economy to go into a long game, and it's just game over. So you can give the fighter all these tools to fight a champion, and that's not the problem, in my opinion. So you keep another giving it problem, to them, and you're still going to suck. Another problem <laughs> with the fighter is everybody's health points are, are – gradually Going increasing up. right and the the higher everyone's health points get the weaker the fighter because the best thing the fighter has is that reach from the uh not the best thing but one of the strongest tools is that ability 12 that can damage take up to 12 damage and basically you know shave shave off a huge chunk of your life right from the beginning uh but if everyone yeah. if the wizard is at 60 health health points now i mentioned this earlier right guys, but i am beating regularly uh oh, fighters yeah. and barbarians with a soul Wizard, a yeah. soul channeling wizard, cu- coupled with uh-huh. the uh, gloves, with the uh, the sorcerer's gloves, and like I'm beating mm-hmm. them on like turns of ten or eleven, like I'm out aggroing fighters and out healing with a freaking uh, soul wizard. Yeah. fun. And this is before the ruby hits, boys. Once that ruby <laughs> hits, it's going to be. I'm going to enjoy it for the few weeks while it lasts, and try to rack up as many, <laughs> as many wins as I can. Yeah. But, okay, I want to ask about this really quick. So, do you think that? They'll keep the ruby for low level and nerf the like ship in a bottle that or one happen. of the high. That's like, why what do you I think asked gonna- when, when you guys when you guys mentioned that I said, well, "Why are they planning on nerfing the the ship in a bottle?" Because if they don't, bad things are going to happen. 
Yeah. yeah. I really love that ship in the bottle, though. I'd rather nix the ruby and keep the ship in the bottle, to be honest. Because that's <laughs> yeah, it's more fun, bottle, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. Right. One of my favorite tricks to, to do with that, by the way, guys, is have use it with your spell components to drop the uh-huh. cost, for example, of uh, rally the troops from four down to three, and then you can uh. st- snag it with, uh, with the ship in the bottle and still love have your it. money left. Yep. It's, it's so, and then if you have your amulet, you can scrap that and either flip your deck so that everything you just bought is now in your next in your next hand. Or I mean, there's just so much fun stuff to do with the, the wizard guys. And we'll we'll so talk more like- about the soul wizard, I think, in episode thirty, but. If you're looking at aggregate stats for fighter, cleric, alchemist, and and barbarian over all the games in Hero Helper, so this is all the games for all time for, that it's been active at least for for the uh, alchemist and barbarian, fifty three percent and fifty we'll call it fifty two percent for barbarian or alchemist and barbarian, cleric is at forty eight percent and fighter overall is at 47%. 40 we'll call it 48 cuz And this is across all that. levels too, right? Across all levels with yeah. a huge sample size for cleric and fighter. Yeah. And over a thousand games each for um, alchemist and barbarian. I mean, I don't know if you're just looking at that overall stuff like obviously they're lacking and they have some good matchups that are bringing them up like again like cleric versus fighter, cleric versus barbarian. And then there's like the fighter just has such a terrible matchup against the cleric, but the rest of the matchups are not good. Like cleric versus ranger, forty one percent. Cleric versus yep. thief, forty three percent. Cleric versus yep. wizard, forty two percent. And well, alchemist is thirty nine percent with cleric. The so numbers like, are yeah, it's pretty apparent. It's just a that... counter class at this point. You just play it when you're going to counter a fighter or a barbarian. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of too bad if you're going to be a if you're a passionate cleric player then. Uh, you know, you're kind of losing that for the queue. We're not losing. Well, it, I guess you I guess you, you'll you'll eventually get to play the druid, which is another like champion oh. sort of deck, and you can just do that and be happy. I guess, like yeah. they say, if you if you like playing the fighter, I guess now you can play the barbarian, and you'll be happy about stuff <laughs> in that aggro <laughs> right. play style, right? Well, I think we should definitely dive into Druid, but before we do that, let's talk about Call to Arms, which was also previewed on the stream today. Um, We know from a comment that Joel threw out in the Discord that one of our recent updates did some background changes to support the campaign rules for Call to Arms. So we kind of knew that they're lining things up in the app for that to drop soon. And by, like, to be released soon, I'm referring to a public release because it's already available for Legends backers. But so we should be seeing... Um, you know, call to arms. It's it's been a very vague, n- not super committal uh, timeline here, but like two to four weeks, maybe uh, we might see call to arms in app pretty soon. And before we break that down, there's also like a further implication that there has to be some way to distribute this to players, which means probably, hopefully, gem store imminent. Maybe I'm making a leap there, but hopefully we can see some gem store action along with Call to Arms. What do you guys think? What, one thing I will say is you they can very easily do up you know like purchases through the app stores and whatever. It doesn't mean a gem store is coming. Oh, like okay. So like I maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I think there's they could easily get it where you can do that add on for Call to Arms without a gem store. Okay, Hopefully, so tell your expectations uh, on that, yes, I guess. I wouldn't hold my breath and think that they're coming at the same time. 
Well, okay. Now here's, uh, I'm going to disagree and this is all conjecture. So it's not really, we're just giving our opinions, but um, the way Ra was talking about the uh, way they were going to set up the treasure room. And I forget what they called the skill. Yeah. What, what do they training call it? Room or something. The training room or yep. something. So you go to the treasure room and you have all the stuff you've already unlocked and then you can add it. Right. You can switch it positions. On you. So it's like re-rolling, but instead of re-rolling, you're going to the treasure room. Right. Um, now in order to, it's, and it sounds like they actually have this built and they're getting, or, and they're messing with it or they're at least building it. Right. Cause he, he specifically mentioned how it looks and how it's going to behave, which makes me think it's getting ready. Or I mean, it's close to being ready. And you can't implement that without having the gem store ready, right? Or having right, the but gem that's not system. called the arms. All right. No, but here's my point, though. Now, uh, on top of that, it's probably going to be a call to arms. For people who don't have call to arms yet, they're going to have to purchase it somehow, right? So I'm assuming that this is all going to be implemented together in some sort of store or gem store, as we've been calling it, all at the same time, would be my guess. I don't I, I I will just say like with Star Realms and that sort of stuff before they had like the coins and all of that you can just make the dollar 99 or 99 cent purchase through the app and get the get the new set of cards. Yeah, but even then so, there was like a store or like a button you would press that would take you to a menu where you could select stuff to buy. That's not even in the app yet is what I'm saying. And what my right. guess is that's all going to be in the same place in well, the form of a gem store. That's my guess. But, or maybe my hope. I'm hoping it's coming. I, I hope it comes soon, and I hope it comes <laughs> with Call to Arms. I don't think it's necessarily means that they have to be yeah. together. Yeah, you could That's be right. I hope. Yeah, I hope my vision. It's a fair right. point. Let's let's take so. a second to just talk about like the level 14 implications, though, because we're so we're bumping up two levels for everyone. That's gonna, I think, open up a lot. I Can't think it wait. will be reasonable to run events at level 14. Yep. Um, yes. Can't wait. I love level 14 guys i love it yeah because wizard is awesome at level 14 <laughs> exactly right. exactly. i i think wizard is probably the best at level 14 larry what do you have at the top of the tier at 14 that is of the og classes excluding you know barb and elk what do you like at level 14 well I, as i mentioned before i'm playing a lot of wizard I'm playing fair yeah um yeah I, I i of course i'm playing ranger with snake pet um, oh. <laughs> that's not the answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not playing a lot of thief or fighter, which are you know previously my two most played classes. Yeah. Trick dice was getting changed too. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that will make uh, thief a little bit more exciting. Um, Do we mention that change? It hasn't gonna, been discussed on the cast yet here. Yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be changed to uh, – so before it was draw two and discard one of those cards that you just drew, right? And yes. in the future, it's going to be draw two, discard a card, any card from your hand, which is going to make yep. it way, way better. It's actually way, way better. better. I think it's already – I think it's actually better than the hook now. What, what do you guys think? I think so. You're going to speed through your deck a lot more. I, I, this is how I thought it worked originally, and then I read it closer, and I was like, oh, crap, that's not as good as I thought. Mm. And now it's going to be really good. I think I will probably pick it over hook. Yeah. Yeah. At, least, at least some of the time, yeah. like you the, You'll cycle that through synergy. that deck faster, and you can... It's going to be great. And then you can just discard a gold or, or a knife if you don't have your knife belt or something right. and, and get yep. rid of those cards. Yeah, initially I thought it might help the boots thief a lot because you could get more econ in your hand, but honestly, it's 
probably better with Shadow Mask because then you can have a better chance of pulling those cards you're going to top deck. So either way, it's great. I love it. One thing I'll note quick is that it now exactly matches recalibration crystal, which I feel like in a long term scheme of things, they don't want two upgrades that have different names but do the same thing. Yeah. Mm. That recalibration crystal needed something though, because the first iteration was garbage. It was hot, <laughs> hot trash. It was. It was so bad. I'm still not going to choose it either, that recalibration crystal. It, right. the other one's I, the I don't fireworks. think enough people will pick it, so mm. they're probably going to just change fireworks the calibration just good, crystal yeah. again. So the meta will definitely evolve once 14 hits. Anything people want to get in before we move over to Druid talk? Um, yeah, well, let, but let's talk about the long-term plans. And we've already kind of figured out this was going to happen with the release of content. They were going to kind of start to slowly trickle things out. And Rob mentioned that. He has this multi-year plan for how he has all the content set up and how it's going to be released and how it's going to be set, which is great. You know, it means that hopefully we're going to hit this kind of conveyor belt style of content release that will keep the player base active, uh, retained, uh, keep people from leaving the game because we haven't unfortunately really seen that the first year of the game. It's kind of been kind of a herky jerky release of content, a heavy uh, focus on, the beta and legendary backers, which is great. I'm one of them. I get to play all this stuff, but there's a lot of players who don't. And we got to remember that in order to keep the player pool healthy and as large as possible, uh, getting new content out to these people who want to buy it and who want to play it uh, is really important for the, for the, for the game. So hopefully that can start happening soon. And I'm trying to remain hopeful that that is going to start happening soon. That's my main reaction to it. What do you guys think? I I think because um, I remember when uh, Chris and I interviewed Rob at Origins when that app was launching for production and stuff, he said kind of the same sort of thing. We have this plan of how we're going to release content and this and that. I think some of the holdup was like they did the Dungeons Kickstarter and then decided to put the Dungeons beta in the app. And that has actually slowed down like the production release of stuff, in my opinion. I could be completely off base on that. This is a complete guess. and But just from how I've seen it, they put a lot of development into the dungeons, the barbarian, the alchemist, and this and that stuff. And that kind of pushed Call to Arms and Ancestry and all that stuff back a little bit. The upside yeah. is that it's given them a backlog so that once they are Ho- ready to push that stuff Hopefully out- it condenses it all together quicker and we yeah. can... Which is what he was saying to today on the stream, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think hopefully I think we'll see the fruits of that later. Yeah. With not to, I don't know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but with a little bit of a software background, um, sometimes what you think will save you tons of time in the future doesn't. And sometimes it does. So I, I, the proof will be in the pudding, how it really comes out. It could be 100% true that all of these big architectural changes that they made um, in getting the beta ready and doing all these things and releasing well, dungeons. It is the foreground that they I, need or the, the foundation they need to do everything else that they want to do. But it could also be that they're going to encounter new challenges and it's going to still take forever. So <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I do want to say some of the stuff is like balancing classes and getting those cards actually in the app and that sort of thing. Even if it's not the structural stuff with being able to do the beta and production together and whatever, like that may not help push new content out any quicker but the fact that they're actually already implementing dungeon stuff in the app for the beta testers means they're going to be able to get that to the app quicker because it's already kind of in the app you know what i mean 
So I, I see your point there, Sam. Mm-hmm. I understand exactly where you're coming from with, with what you're saying, but I also got to say some of it's a little bit like they're already putting these cards in the app. They just kind of have to release stuff. Yep. Yeah. I think it will save it a lot of time down the road for sure. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. And finally, for in terms of the new content that was kind of touched upon in the stream, we have the mention of the new class they're about to drop. Chris, why don't you give us some details on this? Yeah, I'm going to throw out the quick hits. So this is what we can expect for new content for uh, Legends backers. This is like the next class that will be getting released for testing on that front. It is champion focused. It has many cute woodland creatures. The art is fantastic. Yep. Think Snow White. Yep. (laughs) Who can turn into a bear. Okay. That's like the big ability. Snow White can turn into a bear. Watch out. And um Let's see. Oh, I had. Oh, if you're a fan of the wolf shaman art from the original set, you will love the art that is featured on Druid. And there's also um, a nice mix of very interesting mechanics. And we even saw um, like a third armor type, which implies somewhere on the road to level 24, we will be getting uh, an additional armor. And I think or um, upgraded armor. Or upgraded armor. Yeah, that's a good call out. Yep, that's also possible. I think in the interest of time, rather than going through a bunch of cards, I'd like to just shout out uh, the Realms Rising Discord, where Tim has screen-shotted, screen-shat, all of the I, 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 I don't know what I don't know what the past tense is of uh, of all of the cards and, uh, and so have, please you have to edit that one and keep that part out. Oh baby, wow, screenshot is perfect. Of that. Yeah, go He's to the Realms screaming. Rising <laughs> Realms Rising Discord if you Incredible. want the specifics of the Druid. But just based off of what we saw on the stream, guys, what what are your initial thoughts? Uh, over to Larry first, please. Well, I didn't see the stream, unfortunately. So that's I'm true. That's true. Hearing about this druid real time, so please tell ah. me. Okay, yeah, maybe we'll take it somewhere else then. Uh, Tim or Jig, since Sam and I were there, what, one of you guys want to hop in on what the druid? Looks Go ahead, like? Tim. I think it it looks interesting. I, I will be interested to see how the actual upgrades and stuff, the the trees and all of that work out because they showed one of the abilities but they didn't show your skill and some of that stuff so and that has a huge difference in gameplay but it looks cool sounds pretty interesting i don't know if it's going to be a real complex class to play or not um but it's definitely got cool i mean the artwork is awesome on it and we've said that for everything with dungeons so like for sure we kind of expect awesome artwork at this point um but uh no, it looks like it should be fun, but wasn't, we'll see. Like, Tim, wasn't the skill uh, pay two and get one damage for each uh, champion? Yeah, it did show that. It did show that. It did or show at least that. One of right. the, at least one of the forks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just jump in and say, hey, it looks like any, anytime we get a new class to play with, everyone's happy. We get more stuff to play and test out, and it's always a fun, fun time. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I will say those poor animals, I've already alluded to this a little bit. Uh, those poor animals are going to have a real hard time facing the serpentine staff. That serpentine staff is going to be slaying lots of rabbits and squirrels <laughs> and, and, and hedgehogs, which is I'm looking forward to. Well, it, it is serpentine, so it's a predator. So kind of yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, by the way, we'll go into detail uh, after we have some time to ruminate and look at this. We'll probably look at the druid in an upcoming episode, maybe even episode 30. We'll spend some time looking at the different uh stuff that's been spoiled but yeah initial impressions it looks fun what do you guys think sam what do you think 
pretty excited. I want to know how many critters I can get in my deck because I want <laughs> to play with all those critters. I, they look it looks like there's at least four the, or five uh, of them from what they spoiled that, there. Yeah. Yeah, that Ferocious Fox upgrade path looked pretty awesome. Uh, bear form is exciting. I don't know if it's going to be as good as... Well, it's your it ability. exciting and cool so sounding. One per game. But... Yeah, but it's going to be nice, and it'll be it'll be helpful. But there's going to be some things that you know it's not going to guard against. So what? Um, what I think is interesting with that is that's going to actually be an ability that you want to save for later in the game. Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of the class abilities you want to use earlier for the big impact on stuff, that's when you're probably going to want to save to when it did actually you, does more stuff. Did you guys catch that? There's a card which will bring back that yep. ability. Yep. That I think is one of the most interesting mechanics because now you can get two shots at your. Yeah, you at have your to pay like, it, like tra- your sacrifice. You have to pay four and scrap you have to pay card. four gold and scrap that card to be able to do it though. So it it'll be interesting. Yeah, it may not be worth it, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, either way, that mechanic is great. Um, yeah. Yeah, those are my overall thoughts. I'm really excited about the critters. I want to murder a hedgehog. I would like it if wow. you could if we could somehow make the hedgehog have ten damage. And they could just ruin everybody. Let me, let, let me ask, does that card that can bring back the ability, does that apply for other classes or is that specifically a druid? Druid, a druid card. card. Okay. Yep, druid card. But I, you know what's funny yeah. is I was thinking about I, I that. Saw the the my smooth <laughs> the wheels were turning. <laughs> yeah, if there was a way <laughs> to do that for a fireball. Brain, and like you yeah. could calm down and draw again, like that would be amazing. Yeah. 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 Cool stuff. Um, all right, yeah, so we can't really ask Larry to give too much <laughs> feedback here because he's literally just hearing about this for the first time. Yeah. yeah, well, fun stuff to look forward to. Anyways, take our word and, for it. The artwork and, looks great, too. And, it and it's not, it doesn't tell you what level you get this stuff at, what's in the starting yeah. deck, what's up. We although it does anything. say some stuff replaces. So, like, it's still a lot of guesswork. We'll that. have to play. We really have to play it before you can really see what's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, should be fun. The I will say that the bear form artwork was incredible. I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was okay. so good. Very Bjorn esque. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Any other Nostra Double Diamonds? Any other final um, soothsaying wiz- uh, pearls of wisdom from the future here before we wrap it up? Tune in for episode thirty next time. That's it. That was good. <laughs> This is my boomstick. All right, next section, guys. We're going to be talking about card talk. A special request from Larry Horgo, Bogaki himself. We're going to be looking at the snake pet versus the never-ending quiver. All right, the the never the the age-old question. Unending quiver. <laughs> Sorry, unending quiver. Never. Ending. <laughs> I, I watched too many uh, too many movies yep. in, in the. What movie affected your childhood, Jig? <laughs> All right. So, Larry, what? First of all, why did you want to talk about this? And uh, no, I'm just kidding. I I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Give us, give give us your take. Give us your take on the snake bet. There was this episode of Sparks and Recreation podcast. Um, I don't know how long ago it was, but this this topic came up, and you guys actually said the snake pet was awesome. If you didn't have to choose it next to yeah. the unending quiver, mm-hmm. 
Yep. Now, since then, the ending quiver got nerfed. And I think it's a fairly severe nerf, right? You're just not mm-hmm. getting a free card. You get the Elven Gift effect. And you don't always have a gold to throw away. So I said, all right, let me just see if there's value to the snake pet. And I, I think, you know, you can take that snake pet, you can hide it behind a guard, you can use it with Imperial to use it multiple times in one turn and get multiple draws. And my goodness, if you're playing against a cleric, it may have been better than an Indian Quiver against a cleric mm-hmm. even before the nerf. So I think those three things really uh, make it a lot closer. I don't think it's just, oh, it's always been under ending Quiver, and so it should always be. I think the nerf mattered. And I think the snake pet is legitimately something to consider. Can I, I like your point. <laughs> so, you know what's true no, is that I, I like your point about um, there's a lot more prepared champions uh, with dungeons. In dungeons, and yeah. So totally. I think in dungeons, you've got you may be onto something a little bit, but it's yeah, it's interesting. That part that part really intrigues me. So and ladies even... and gentlemen, you heard it. You heard it here first on Sports and Recreation. <laughs> it becomes the new meta, Snake Pet. Your boy Horgle was on it first. Yeah, Sam. Well, well, I will say Logan Stewart has been on Snake Pet for since I don't Which know. Which drives my mind. He's pairing it with the parrot. If well, Logan, just deserves, snake... <laughs> Logan deserves a shout out as a top player. By the way, what up, Logan? Yeah. You're you're but, a top Logan, ten player, yes, in my book. Yeah. But yes. but when I look at this this choice here. I look at the two cards and I see Snake Pet that draws a card and it, it's a one defense non-guard, right? I'm like, okay, well that's... Oh, or it can... Uh, can it stun a champion? Yeah. Or is it just a card? Okay. It can stun a champion or draw a card. Okay. So I get the choice there and then the Quiver always draws me a card as well. So I kind of equated both of those. They're both drawing me a card regardless. Would I rather have the opportunity to maybe stun something if my opponent has a champion out or the fact that I might be able to discard something, get an arrow back and actually drop two. And I saw the upside of the quiver even after the nerf to be like, I think it still edges us out and it's still better in my opinion. But I do, I do think you make good points on this. Like there are definitely situations where I think snake pet would be better. I don't think that it's enough that I would want to pick it. Like if I were only building one ranger, I'm probably going to go quiver. But I think maybe I maybe I need to make a, a ranger that has a snake pet and have that like in my pocket for certain matchups or something too. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing a lot more snake pet, and I ha- so I have two rangers now. Uh-huh. I just have seen it come up. On, on multiple occasions where you're getting multiple activations of the pet, whether it's okay. Imperial or you or, yeah. you know, you have a couple of guards out there guarding it and it lives an extra turn. And those that's the value you're just not going to get for the quiver. And I, 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 I literally came to this idea because of the Spark and Recreation podcast so long ago yeah. when you guys were saying <laughs> how great Snake Pet was. It is a not, good card. It is a good card. card. Yeah, it really is. I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity to try something. And I think there may be value there. We'll see. I agree. I, well, Chris, I'll, I'll give one thing and then I'll let you go here. The quiver especially, I think the it is a bigger nerf than I think we realize. And I think the yeah. order of that draw especially is really yeah. what gets me on it. Uh, because, I hate that you have to flip your deck if it's the last yeah, card. Yeah, yep. it's which, is, which is often when I loved – when I play Ranger uh, before that change, how I'd love to do it was to get everything lined up 
and then yep. uh, use the quiver right before I flip my deck. But you can't do that anymore because it flips your deck before you get to use it. Anyway, uh, I have not played the snake. And Larry, I'm not. I hate to come off as an elitist anti-snake person here because I'm really, I was actually the one who said if the snake was in any other kit, it'd be like one of the best upgrades, you know, in yeah. any other kits. Uh, but uh, you're kind of convincing me, Larry. Maybe I have to re-roll up a, a ranger and give it a roll here. Man. We'll see. I, I would sure love to have the snake pet as a as like a barbarian or fighter or something. That would be great in like wizard a different would love aggro. A snake pet too. Yeah, well, I'll trade you a cat. Yeah. I'll trade you a cat for a snake. How about cat that? A snake. I will take the cat familiar over any other upgrade in the game just because it's a cat. The fighter sure. actually, <laughs> the fighter actually would love that cat. I think yeah. we need a reskin with one of your cats on there, Tim. I was really cat familiar. I have a couple of quick hits. The first thing that's really interesting to me about this is that it introduces the concept to me of having a character build for a particular like set format. Like maybe you want to play Snake Pet Ranger if you know you're playing Dungeons. So that's kind of like another yeah. reason I want a bunch of character slots and rerolls. That's something funny to think about. But also, um, Larry, you've got me interested enough. I'll try it. I played a lot of Ranger, and I'm I'm willing to try something off meta to see how it goes. What what other are there any other like off meta upgrades or how are you building the rest of this ranger? Can you give us the quick hits on it? Anything it's unusual? Pretty, yeah, no, it's, everything else is very standard ranger. You know, your um, four three track or three two. Yeah. No, four three. Uh, uh, snapshot. Yep. Crossbow. Yep. Health upgrade. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a try. So you just swap everything, out. Everything's completely standard, and I. I think it was a combination of that podcast, and I think I had a bad experience with the new quiver. Uh, not, yeah, you know, I, I knew how it worked, but it was just like I, there wasn't something I could discard. I couldn't right. utilize it. I wasn't yeah, getting yeah. value out of it that I had become accustomed to, and I was like, Ugh. and I'm like, yeah. Then I was like, oh, you know, how about snake pet? Maybe <laughs> well, you get the value out of it. Like you're never gonna not be able to unless you discard it. But you're yeah, never I'll, gonna I'll, not be able to. I'll use tell it. you, playing against a cleric and knocking down a buffed up champion, just poop, you know, it's an crazy. instant stun. It's the best. That's, stun stun effects are some of the most satisfying. Yeah. Well, it it, it does give you a bit more versatility than the quiver does. And like you're saying, this quiver nerf is actually it doesn't seem like it's that big of a nerf, but it's it's pretty big. Like I think it's. I think it is just about a perfect nerf for the quiver, in my opinion. I think yep. Wise Wizard did so yeah, good did with that. Well with um, I, but I just, but, I just oh, go ahead, Tim. Sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. Now, <laughs> oh, I suck. Uh, I just pulled the stats <laughs> uh, for oh. level twelve and above for like since January, so Jake could see his wizard stats because he wanted wizard stats, but. Um, the ranger is now down to 55% overall win rate in that yeah. uh, category. And before it was like 63, yeah. 65. Mm, that's done the trick uh, overall. Yeah. So Good. interesting stuff. Just just wait till he, people hear us talking about snake pet. It's going to shoot back up. You're going to have to re-nerf it. We're changing the meta. Like, you're an influencer, Larry. Yep. You're, you're going to be known as the snake charmer now. You and Logan are you, the you, snake charmers. You, yep. you, you talked about this and like... We saw it on what we were going to talk about. We're kind of like, why Why would you want to take the snake? But you've made some really good points, and you're making me rethink this decision again. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think it's definitely much closer. 
and depending on what I'm facing or what sets I'm using, I might want to change my mind to the snake yeah, bed. I'm but definitely going to give it a try. I want, I'm going to test it out some more now. So th- it's definitely done that much to me. It'll be fun. The, the range has gotten a little flat for me anyways in terms of yeah. excitement factors. So it'll be fun to kind of t- to try something new. So yeah, that'll be fun. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, that wraps up Card Talk. All right, everybody, when you hear that music, you know we have reached the end of this podcast. It's it's sad, uh, but um, it, it, we got to close up shop some, sometime. You, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, guys. Okay. Uh, I just want to thank everybody. I thank all of our listeners. Thank my wonderful co-host, Larry. You are a top-notch class mm-hmm. act, gentleman, a scholar, and a hell of a Hero Realms player. Such a pleasure to have you join us today. Thanks for coming on, man. Horgel was in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he, he came in breathing fire and he's exiting the same way. I, and, I love and, it. and none of our listeners can see this, but I see at least one of his legend trophies in the background of the video here. And uh, nice, nice, like, you know, mic drop there. Like, you're just trying to intimidate all of us. But just so you know, me and Sam have one of those too. Mine's just upstairs on my bookshelf. So. Yeah. Larry should have had two. He'd yeah. had, uh, if you put both up, I'd been like, <laughs> yep. "You got to be here, Larry." Some shoulder pads. And I want to say, and we haven't really said this this episode, but maybe we have a little bit. But congratulations on the second Legends win. Like as much as you can kind of say, like maybe the competition, it's not as big a field, or the competition may not be as tough. It's still quite an accomplishment, and, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, I just want to quickly mention we are not doing community roundup this episode be- just because no- almost nothing has happened in, in community events <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. We're kind of in a lull here, but that's fine. It happens. I do think double dubs. You do have um, one short announcement though, for the community uh, events. Right? That I, I got one. Do okay. have two announcements and Tim will remind me of one of them. But the first announcement is that on uh, this Wednesday stream, which will happen uh, before this comes out, I think we'll be having the results of maximum overdrive. It is myself versus the fantastic rucksack tune in to find out who wins in this crazy format of double HP with the base set call to arms and dungeons have the video coverage and I will be happy to feature it. In addition to that, we are also uh, firing off whose turn is it anyway? uh, And a community event organized by Meowgin. It's really, it's not a, competitive uh, thing or anything. It's really just like a practice league. Get people together. You got the beta. You don't have the beta. Let's jam some games together. And and you can sign up for that and whatever at any time and she'll add you into the roster. Rotation. Yeah, the weekly postings. But other than that, yeah, I just I I did want to say, Larry, this was awesome getting to chat with you here. I've really uh, enjoyed our interactions, getting to meet you at Origins. You being a bit of a nemesis to me, both in person and in the app. I didn't uh, call this out, but I think you defeated my reign of terror as the king of the castle. I was uh, threatening Noodle with eight successful defenses. I was coming for his uh, record of 10 and you dethroned me. You also beat me in person handed me my second loss to open O2 in the Swiss of my first paper legends, uh, effectively eliminating me from the cut to tie. Nice. So uh, it sounds like you'll be at origins, right? 
I hope so. I hope so. I hope you made it there as well, because not only would I love to play some games with you, but getting to hear a little bit about your uh, game design background, that's been something that's really been an area of interest to me. I've been listening to like a lot of different podcasts about it. I'm just really into games and that kind of stuff. So I'd love to chat with you more uh, in that way about it. And just like, I wish you all the best with your games that you have coming out in the near future. I'll be keeping an eye out for those and for what you have coming out with Kapow, the idea of that being digital uh, would be really cool. So thanks mm-hmm. so much for being on the cast. And uh, yeah, that's it for me. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Uh, should I go? <laughs> Sammy, why don't you You're do this out, buddy? Should we just nail it? Um, <laughs> Sammy, take no, us on, buddy. Just, he's just crying in the closet, man. <laughs> <laughs> no one talk to me. No, um, dude, it has been fantastic to have you, uh, Larry. I really want to play uh thieves guild if i believe that was what it was called that was really a lot of fun I sound it. awesome i got some fomo that these two guys played it and i didn't <laughs> um thank you so much for coming really look forward to seeing you in june if you could make it to origins um yeah and great episode everybody thank you guys for your time and listeners you know keep keep on keeping on feel free to send me some challenges at scrap force if you want to track your uh game progress go over to hero-helper.com Sign yourself up. Track your games. Get better, baby. That's it from your boy, Scrap Force. You made it to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms. And I was like, Ugh. and I'm like, then I was like, oh, you know, how about Snake Pet?